Yes, pants are vital. It should be called uh, the Pants of Kings. The Way of Pants? Hello, everyone. Oh, and hi, welcome there. back. Welcome back to my sister made me view it books edition. In this branch of our little podcast tree, we are covering Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. My name is Megan, and I probably should be storyboarding right now. My name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. <gasps> but instead, instead, <gasps> we're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. For those of you who listen to our Hill House coverage, which should be done by now, um, we're recording this episode in June of 2021. And Emily, what incredible podcast benchmark is happening now it's on Way of Kings? Amazing! It what? has everything. <laughs> Emily, what what did I finally do today? We finally have our artwork for the podcast. That means we can finally start releasing episodes. I was the log jam, you guys. Um, but it's a very cute log jam. They call it the boy log jam. It's called Wah. There was. No. This means. Always. Never. <laughs> this means that hopefully the next episode we record for Way of Kings, we will have finally posted our November Way of Kings episode. It's very funny. I was re-listening to our backlog, Emily, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit where I was like, I get to have a regular podcast recording schedule now. And um, that is not true. It's been not another three bit. weeks since we recorded a podcast, which if, you've, if you're just coming in from the previous Way of Kings episode, we said at the beginning of that one that it's been three weeks. But this is why, this is why we've been recording a backlog. So when we start releasing, we're going to have some wiggle wiggle room but anyway this week on the way of kings we are finishing up part three and we are going to be covering chapter 48 strawberry chapter 49 to care and chapter 50 backbreaker powder and chapter 51 sauce naan so not covering many chapters. I know. Last time I was like, but we could cover the interludes too. Dive right into part four. But no, we are going to wait a little bitty bit. Um, so, Emily, what was your general impression of these four very intense, so, very intense chapters? It was very intense. A lot of things happened. People are hot and they're cold and they're yes and they're no. And... <laughs> They're ever <laughs> So I think I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, but I keep thinking that the pacing is going to go basically a different speed. And all of a sudden, like the rug just gets yanked out from underneath you and stuff happens where you're like, oh, wow, I thought this deceit was going to continue for a long time. But no, something happens that like you have to act on it and and I really I really am enjoying it because it's keeping me on my toes because I think I know what's going to happen and then I'm always wrong which is a terrible feeling but I'm still very entertained so I don't really care 
So, uh, Emily, what would you say were the big tentpole moments in this week's reading? Okay, so the big there are several big ones, and they all have to do with Shalon. <laughs> yeah. So, really quick blanket, we'll go and talk about it more, but we find out some really interesting stuff about Capsule, like he's a traitor, and no one knows he exists, and Shalon gives Yasna back her original soul caster. And things <laughs> don't go life. well from there. <laughs> and those are the big, the big things, the big things. So those are pretty big. Uh, Kaladin got off relatively soft uh, in the present, but his flashback was oh, it was awful. Like um, before we started, because you know it's it's been three weeks since Emily heard these chapters. Uh, she's like, I'm gonna do a quick skim, and then she pauses, and I was like, okay, I can tell that she wouldn't have time to reread all of this and she goes i'm not rereading Kaladin's <laughs> i had to assure her when i read it to her i'm like no this this is directly after the last flashback there's nothing about tn in this yeah you guys i'm not gonna do tn's chapter i will not with you all as my witness it's not happening <laughs> i'll figure out what to do you guys <laughs> <laughs> Okay, do you want to go? Because I love that chapter. So anyway, here we go. (laughs) Strawberry. Uh, First, can you read us the epigraph for Strawberry? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it says, this is from Kormshen, page 104. They take away the light wherever they lurk, skin that is burned. Gross. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We pick back up on Shalon, who is sitting in hospital being watched by a nurse she is on self-harm watch because everyone believes that uh she tried to die yeah the suspicion is getting cast squarely on yasna's shoulders everyone is not saying this to her face obviously because she's the the crown prince's sister suspicion what was that I would say blamed, not suspicion. Oh, yeah, blamed. Uh, Yasna's being blamed for Shalon's attempt to harm herself because everyone's like, you push her too hard. And, you know, Yasna is feeling very bad about this. We get to see her kind of be human for the first time because we've seen her at the beginning. She's, you know, this, she's this heretic that, that goes all over the world and is difficult to pin down and who has a soul caster and who does all of this amazing stuff and who goes and kills people, ruffians in, you know, dressed in her finest. And Yasna is finally allowed into Shalon's hospital room and they have a very <laughs> good moment where like Yasna yeah. kind of tries to apologize, but she's not good at it because she never apologizes for anything because... <laughs> Not that she doesn't need to, but she has no reason to apologize to anyone. But before before Yasna comes in, though, Shalon is brainstorming about the weird thing that happened to her and that Mm -hmm. place she went with the spheres and stuff. And she's, I'm drawing a shape in the air with my arm that means nothing. (laughs) What what is it when you take bits of information and you condense them down and you get a solution? Speculate? Reasoning! (laughs) (laughs) she's she's trying to reason through uh what's going on here because Um, one real quick she's still sketching those weird creatures with the shapes and swear words where their heads should be and they are still in the room with her they're just giving her yeah they're just like lurking but not doing anything hey hey emily what are they i don't know (laughs) 
um, Teravangian, King Teravangian comes in and it's so funny. Every time I see him, I just hear in my, in my head, many years ago, <laughs> Star kids will know. But yeah, uh, King Teravangian is talking about this hospital he's running and it takes so much money. And one of the things that pay for it are, we learned this way, way, way earlier in the story, but one of the things that pay for this hospital is the extravagant price you have to pay to access the Palinaeum. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, Emily, because it was in November. <laughs> but Yasna did not have to pay to access the Palinaeum. Oh, I don't remember that. Teravangian traded her using her soul caster to turn that boulder into smoke. And apparently that was the, the life of his granddaughter was worth granting her uh, this really fancy Disneyland animal. Like a, a lifetime I'm membership sorry. to the library. Palinaeum library card. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Uh, can we talk about how Yasna looks when she comes through I the knew doorway? you were going to bring that up because it's amazing. Listen, I love the outfits and I love the... Ugh, I've been watching this Chinese drama called Rui's Royal Love Inside the Palace. Shout out to one of my old roommates for introducing it to me this is like my third time through the series because they have extravagant costumes and hair pieces and jewelry so Rui's royal love in the palace you guys it's it's gorgeous but i could see it in like that show style when yasna came in she wore a beautiful dress deep blue with golden embroidery her sleek hair was done in braids and pierced by six thin golden spikes her cheeks glowed with blush, her lips blood red with lip paint. She stood out in the white room like a flower upon a field of barren stone. And and she's regal and just has this huge aura around her. And she's dressed up to come and see Shalon, like like putting on armor, I would feel, for this meeting. That's a good way to uh, put it. Something that will Yeah, this is something that will be quite different the second round. Because Shalon has two dramatic awakenings in this reading and in the first one she's in this beautiful hospital with everyone fawning over her and yasna shows up to apologize and it's just it's marvelous here but i really like the conversation between her and yasna and this is where i interrupted you so i'm so sorry oh, no, Back no, no, to you're you. good um we were saying yeah a lot of the blame is falling squarely on yasna and she feels very responsible for what happened to shalon that she felt like maybe she was kind mm-hmm. of a taskmaster. And Yasna has heard in the five seconds that the king has been at Shalon's bedside to the minute the king walks out the door that Shalon will be returning home. And Shalon hates this, but she's like, this is the perfect cover. Like, this is the way I get home with this soul caster that I've stolen, which she still has on her in her safe pouch in her hospital gown because the the hospital robes have a safe pouch. And she's like, it's my safe pouch is very heavy, but no one would dare look in another in a woman's safe pouch. Like it's so strictly off limits. You would never like even it's just super safe for her to keep this with her because no one's going to search her. And I was going somewhere with that. Dang it. Sorry, guys. That's going to sound like it's a build up to something and it's it's really not. Uh, well, I want to talk about the Book of Endless Pages. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? Shalon is in the thing. You <laughs> Yeah, you were you were talking about um 
Shalon realizing that her safe pouch is very heavy, but no one would look in it. Like, no one would think it was suspicious. Yeah, oh, oh, um, th- this is the perfect place for her to make the excuse of why she needs to go home, that she's been overtaxed. I think the safe pouch was, like, a tangent thing, but she has it, she has oh, it okay. on her. Sorry, guys. It has been, it has been a very stressful week. Um, I don't have a tumor, so... Which very is happy great. about that. I'm very um, so my brain's been a little overtaxed, but um, oh man, my week. So I'm starting. I'm starting season three of this week. Uh, sorry, start head. We started on Monday. It's really great. I'm so excited. This is going to be another great season. But I'm also apartment hunting, and I almost got got by a scam. <laughs> Where there were, like, a couple red flags, but I'm like, oh, but maybe this person's just eccentric. And then I got their final communication with me, and I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) this is a scam, and they're going to kill me or rob me. Okay, I'm blocking this number. Anyway, but thankfully, I've applied to some legit applications and i've uh i i went through all my credit checks today my credit's apparently bad but it's because i don't have any credit cards (laughs) oh i'm supposed to help you sign up for them tonight you are (laughs) no i don't think we'll have time tonight we've already recorded hill house and i'd rather read you more way of games instead of my credit cards but anyway yeah I need a new. I need a new uh, line of credit it was apparently just good enough to get me approved for these two apartments (laughs) i applied for but it was it real was thin ice there thing. for a bit. Oh, man. <sighs> but anyway, Book of Endless Pages. Emily, Yasna gives Shalon a gift. Oh, yeah. Um, she opens it. up the book and it's blank. Like, it, she's, Yasna has given Shalon a blank book. And she's very confused. And, Meg, you're going to have to, sorry, I skimmed it and it's been a minute, so. Oh, it's all right. So, it's, it's from... A particular devotary, and it's the one that, because listen, everyone's always trying to convert Yasna the heretic, and she says that this is the devotary that's basically made the best argument for her. Um, she says, many years ago, someone dear to me made a very good attempt at converting me to Voronism. This was the method he used. Uh, and this book is called, the it's, it's a full book of blank pages. Um, and their central tenet of belief is that there's always more answers to be found. Like this book cannot be filled with all the knowledge in the world because there's always something to learn. And here's a fun bit of trivia. So, uh, Brandon and Dan Wells are starting a new podcast. Well, it won't be new by the time (laughs) we release this, but, uh, it's called, oh my gosh, it was a funny title. Come on, Meg, you can do it. What was it called? I have typed into Google Brandon Anderson. <laughs> it's not writing excuses. It's called like hold title here or. Okay. Intentionally blank. So Brandon Sanderson and Dan Wells are starting a new podcast called Intentionally Blank. And it's pretty much the two of them uh, just chatting together like friends while like Brandon is working on signing things or they're just ending up hanging out because of all the 
the creative work that they're doing together. In one of the episodes of Intentionally Blank, Brandon talks about how his original title for the second book in this series was going to be called The Book of Endless Pages. And I believe it was his editor very rightly said, Brandon, your books are very long to begin with and people are daunted by the page count as <laughs> is. You cannot call a 1400 page book The Book of Endless Pages. I am pretty sure like the moment where Shalon flips to the last page and holds it up where she's like, mm, I'm pretty sure it's not endless brightness. That feels like something someone in real life would have said to him. <laughs> like that's definitely the sort of sass I would give my friend if they're like, this is the book of endless pages. And I would have been like, mm -hmm, sure, Dan. <laughs> oh. uh, so we have this nice and soft scene with, Yasna and Shalon. Uh, oh, and also the, the devotary that recommends this is the devotary of sincerity. Nice. And it was nice to see Yasna show some, I wouldn't say vulnerability, yeah. but something besides her rigid academic exterior. Mm -hmm. We get to see her as a person and not just a scholar, like a searcher mm -hmm. of truth. Princesses are people too. Yeah. <laughs> and so as... Yasna is kind of relaying this and, and being a little more personal. Shalon comes to the realization that Yasna can't be trying to prove this religion false. Like that's, that can't be the purpose of her studying here, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, Shalon brings up Capsule and everyone's favorite Everyone's artist. favorite artist and basically speak of the devil who walks through the door with Shalon's favorite treat in the whole wide world, a bud capsule. Speak of the storm, and it begins to bluster. So Shalon's favorite treat is jam, but Capsule's brought a new and exciting flavor for her to try today. Emily, what kind of jam is it? <laughs> so it is, hold on, I want to. Chapter yeah, I No, 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 I know. Um, it okay. was deep, dark red, and apparently this is so rare that even Yasna has never tasted it before. And it would be a strawberry. Hey, uh, what country is it from? It is from Shinovar. We know oh, that place. We love that place. We know that place. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, hey, we're all here together. And this is great. And everything's going to be awesome. And here, everyone have this jam. And then they all live happily ever <laughs> And that's the end of the book. <laughs> okay, Emily. First, Yasna is very displeased to see Capsule. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit where he's like trying to apologize. And Yasna cuts in to be like, what? Yasna asked, absolve yourself? I'm sorry I drove you to suicide. Here's some bread. And it's like, ooh, too soon. Yeah, that's not great. So... There is a particular order of events here. Before Capsule can like spread the jam on the bread, Shalon is like, listen, you gotta, you gotta try it, you know. You gotta try it, Yasna. And so Yasna takes it, she smells it, uh, you know, dips a finger in to, to taste, passes it back over. Like doesn't even um, taste it. Oh yeah, sorry. She she dips a finger into the jar, races it to her nose to sniff. She passes it back over. They're eating the bread. And then Yasna's like, no, thank you. Shalon says Yasna to try some. 
please, please try some. Because she's like, I want my two best friends to like each other. <laughs> and so we're all eating bread. Yasna's not having any of the jam, though. But she's like grimacing her way she's through like, the bread. I'm she's gonna like, choke it please. down. Shalon tries the jam. And Emily, what's, what's up it's with it? disgusting. Like it's rancid. It, yeah, it smells like vinegar and slime. Yeah. But like... Capsule's just like capsule still. Yeah, because he just said like it took him a lot to bring this jam into wherever they are. You know, like it was no small feat, and so yeah, he's sniffing it and he is just like, oh, this is disgusting. But he still tries to choke some down. Like he he takes like a large glob and he's like, it's not really that bad. Here, you try some. <laughs> Shalon is like, I am not eating yeah. that. And then. Capsule starts to run out of the room and then just he passes out and hits the floor so hard his body even like slides down the floor yeah. a little ways. And he's like convulsing and Shalon is rightfully concerned and then she falls down. Yeah, she runs to his side and then she starts convulsing. And Yasna is there above them and it's it's a very like Grey's Anatomy scene except instead of like we need to run a central line 20 cc's of whatever yes it's like she's been poisoned I need a garnet bring me a garnet and Emily what does Shalon give yes uh instead of giving her a garnet she gives her the soul caster back she reaches in and she's like you can't do this without this because Yasna's going on about like listen this is going to be dangerous i'm not good at it but don't worry everything's gonna be fine <laughs> all right real fast i'm gonna read okay. what she says i'm going to have to soul cast your blood to purify it it will be dangerous extremely dangerous i'm not good with flesh or blood it's not where my talent lies yeah <laughs> This is, this is like in Grey's Anatomy where they have to do a fasciotomy. Like, I've seen scenes exactly like this where Callie Torres is like talking to the patient. She's like, all right, I'm going to have to do a fasciotomy to relieve the swelling and the pressure in your legs. All right, hold still. Try not to scream. Like, the way this is written, it, it feels like a medical drama that even though it's a magical thing that Yasna is doing, this is like, I don't know, it's treated like realism and science within this world. And I like mm -hmm. that. And Shalon realizes, oh my gosh, you don't have the magical item you need to save my life. Um, Hold, please. <laughs> Here, take this. And Yasna gasps. Um, and then something happened. A flash of warmth burned through Shalon, something inside her skin, as if she'd been dumped into a steaming hot cauldron. She screamed, arching her back, her muscles spasming. <laughs> okay stop stop yep. i was okay. very confused about this chapter and i think my brain just figured it out okay this isn't the thing i figured out you guys i'm sorry um we learned this later but i'm sorry we're jumping ahead sorry the bread has been poisoned all along yes the jam has the antidote all, All along. along. Yes. And so anytime capsules come into the room, uh, specifically when Yaz is there to try to get her to eat this bread that is poisoned, Yasna freaking does eat the poisoned bread in this scene. She does. Is she immune to iocane powder? I don't Megan! know. I don't know. You do know. 
Has the book said whether or not she is? (laughs) I was so confused when you read this to me because I'm just like, wait, the the jam is poisoned because it smells so bad? But Shalon didn't have... Anyway, sorry, guys. It it took me a minute. No. Okay. uh, Basically, the flour dusted on top of the bread is poison. Okay. So when Yasna is like choking down the bread, she obviously... Okay, I don't know. Maybe she soul cast the poison out herself. I okay. I don't know. We gotta get we gotta get going so we can figure this out. Uh, yeah. Do, do you know what? Maybe it depends on who ate how much. That's true. A little bit versus yeah. all the loaves. See, I figured though if 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 Shalon has eaten all that bread, she's <laughs> gotta be pretty like have a pretty high tolerance to it by this point, right? <laughs> Well, Shalon's been eating bread and antidote every time because uh, Capsule knows Yasna doesn't. And we'll talk about this. Well, no, we'll talk about it now. This gets covered in the backbreaker powder Mm -hmm. chapter. But Capsule is a plant. He's probably not even a real ardent. And he'll talk to Shalon all the time about how, oh, yeah, brother such and so or sister such and such when really – he, we never see him interact with the other Ardents. We actually see him hiding from the other Ardents. He was planted here to use Shalon to get to Yasna. And it um, almost worked. Which is, it almost worked. And so Shalon likes sweet things and Yasna doesn't. So he knew if he could ever get Yasna to try the bread, that was all he would need because Shalon would eat mm-hmm. the jam. But uh, yeah, Emily, um, Yasna did eat the bread and... <laughs> capsule got the opposite of what he wanted he? Oh, but yeah. um no like shallan had the right soul caster mm-hmm. so maybe uh yasna like soul casters because it affects capsule first and then it affects shallan and shallan passes out so we may or may not have seen yasna get affected by mm-hmm. the poison but maybe once once shallan gives her the correct soul caster like the real soul caster yeah. This isn't the last we see of right. them ever. We're gonna we're gonna see them again in the book. So, but keep your keep your okay. questions. I will keep it open. I will. But um, we're having a kind of the wrap on what happens to Kaladin, mm-hmm. and thankfully for once, Kaladin has kind of a uh, a softer ending. Yeah, and it's very funny. Um, so they're down in the chasms, and Kaladin's feeling pretty peaceful. But Teft is coming. So Emily, Teft knows something about what's going yeah. on with Kaladin, right? Because he's been giving Kaladin spheres with light in them. He's seen Kaladin suck up the light. We know Teft knows Tef something. Teft knows, and knows so, what's up or thinks he knows. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're in Kaladin's point of view right now. And so we know Teft knows something, but Kaladin doesn't. And so Teft is trying to be like, how are you feeling? Feeling like, you know, odd searches of strength. Or the, the feeling like you're light. <laughs> Kaladin's like, I'm Excuse sorry? Me? What? Light. Uh, the, 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 you're lightheaded. Gosh. Bluster, bluster, bluster. <laughs> so I, I liked that. I liked that little yeah. bit. Uh, he is starting to train the bridgemen uh, to learn the mm-hmm. spear. Because and they've come up with, I'm going to call it, I'm I'm saying it a harebrained scheme to attack the guards and escape. That's why he's teaching them how to use the spear so that they can attack the the city 
prison camp guards and like run away. Which there's got to be a better way to do it, but I don't know what it is. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be <laughs> fine. Um, I really like his first day of training speech. You know, we've we've seen this in plenty of movies where the the sergeant or the captain or the whatnot stands up to give the team a, an insulting dressing down to be like, I'm going to crush you down to nothing and then I'll raise you up. And uh, this speech by Kaladin instead is like, hey, you've already been crushed down. It's it's only up from mm-hmm. here. Listen, this is a call out specifically to our friend Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Jenny. Hi. You said, and I apologize if this has changed by the time you get to this episode. You said, oh, I'm not going to read the book. I'm just going to listen to the podcast. Jenny, you personally have to read this book. I love this book. Please. We're not doing it justice. Just this. This scene just gives me all of these emotions. Um, And then Kaladin starts the basically the first day of Mm -hmm. drills. Um, where first things first is we're going to teach everybody how to stand. You know, and he invites a couple of the bridgemen to try and knock him over. Uh, and they can't because he's got a strong foundation. <laughs> how firm a foundation. Is that copyright? Um, I don't think so. But, uh, after he does his speech and he's splitting up the men, he, uh, well, sorry, he doesn't split up the men. He sort of throws it aside and he's like, Teft, split them up in the pairs, run them through such and such drills. And Teft just goes, aye, sir. And then realizes, oh, he's just given away that he was previously a military <laughs> man. This this chapter has a very Pratchett feel to me. You know, this feels like a Vimes yeah, thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Emily, uh, Kaladin and Rock talk about birth order <laughs> And jobs given to specific sons uh, for horn eaters. That's right. So um, Rock has no intention of fighting. Like, he's not joining in. He's observing, but he's not joining in. Um, And Kaladin's just like, oh, yeah, you said at one point fighting was beneath you. And um, Rock is like, that's true. I'm not a fourth son. And everyone's very confused. And so Rock says, first son and second son are needed for making food. Rock said, raising a finger, is most important. Without food, nobody lives. Yes, third son is craftsman. That is, this is me. I serve proudly. Only fourth son can be warrior. Warriors, they are not needed as much as food or crafts, you see. And I I just like, I just like the idea of Rock's culture of like, we're not here to take anybody else's stuff. We just want to survive and make cool stuff. Like, hey Emily, what number uh, of child is Rock? Is he? He's the third child. <laughs> oh, oh, and it says the third child is a craftsman. Interesting. Hey, what what third child does that sound like to you? I don't know. I'm so mean. I'm so mean. I messed your bit up. I'm so sorry. That was bad. Listen, if any audio engineers follow us, I'm sorry. I just put the whole microphone in my mouth. We're professional podcasters. Anyway, uh, it's decided that to make sure that we still have enough salvage to bring up, Sill is going to lead Rock and Lopin and a couple of the other bridgemen 
to the way she led them to the knobweed sap stuff. Mm-hmm. And is only is Rock the only one who can see it? I thought Lopin could see. Uh, oh, Syl yeah, makes herself visible to herself. him. So like she can choose. Here's how I understand it. She can choose who sees her because not everyone can see her. But those who can yeah. see her can already see her like Rock? Uh, very okay. close. So Syl usually chooses just Kaladin can okay. see her. And she can make herself visible to more people. Rock can see her all Got the it. time. Like her cloaking or her shielding or whatever doesn't quite work on him. Rock can always Is see it her. like, okay, this is my guess, you guys. I haven't guessed anything for a long time. You ready? <laughs> yeah. So you know how there's the thing where like women can see more colors than men? Does Rock have like extra cones or rods in his eyes that let him... <laughs> Rock, Rock has shrimp vision. <laughs> he can see shrimp colors. <laughs> That's my guess. That's my guess where, why he can see her. All right. He's got women shrimp <laughs> colors. Um, and so the, the bridgemen that are training, they are progressing super mm-hmm. fast. Um, and I, it's more like the... They just, they need it. They want it so it's much. It's giving them purpose because, as been stated before, Bridgman basically are there to die. And if they don't know it, I think they figure it out fairly quickly. Maybe not that they're bait, but mm-hmm. there's, like, really no getting out of being a Bridgman. That's the end of the line. And Kaladin has done something very incredible by giving them something to look forward to. A, the hope of a better life and that is very precious if you've been in a position of like oh life can be better if i work towards this who knows what will happen i want something different i want something more and you have this whole team that's just like banded together and it's like gonna do it by sheer force of will and grit and you just immediately root for these underdogs because you're like i don't want you to die get out but don't get killed doing it all right what i'm doing now is considered a parody under legalness of legalese so (laughs) our lawyer um, said (laughs) but who cares no big deal we're bridge (laughs) (laughs) that's very good i want to flee where the armies are. Aren't. <laughs> I want to get east of the shattered plains. I want to get all my friends out alive and they're free. <laughs> where we can live with no more bridge runs. <laughs> where we can sing all day in the sun. Wandering free. Just you and me. And all of bridge four. <laughs> how do you do that and just come up with it on the spot well i'm a professional i'm a third third child Okay, here we go. I'm in musical writing mode right now, so that's why. 
Oh, man. All right. So um, we go back to Shalon, and this time it's very different because she wakes up yeah, in, in a hospital room again, but instead of people being very concerned for her well-being and... And instead of being in a big mm-hmm. ward... She's like on lockdown, and there are guards there, and she tries to get out of bed, and they like... Like, she realizes she's not allowed to even get out of the bed, like... This is not good. <laughs> and the guards are like glaring yeah. at her. Uh, um, okay, here we go. Yasna comes back, and this is how she looks this time. She was wearing a different dress, black, with light gray piping. She strode towards the room like an arrow and dismissed the guards with a single word as she passed. And so, like, the first time Yasna comes in, she's been begging and pleading for the guards. Well, listen. Yasna does not beg or plead, but she's definitely attempted to enter several times and been turned mm-hmm. away. And I feel that Yasna, who in the previous chapter was like, oh man, maybe I should be more humble. Maybe I should think more of others. And now Yasna's like, nope, no more softness, no more pity. And she's in charge now. Like, look at her. She's the captain now. <laughs> And she just glares at Shalon, and Shalon is, like, shrinking from, from the stare of this woman. And it becomes an interrogation. And she's like, yeah. who asked you to do this? What devotary asked you to do it? And Shalon keeps telling her the truth. Like, it, it, I did. Me. Me. And and Shalon, or Gaston is just like, it's not going to do you any good to protect them because we're going to eventually find out. And finally, Shalon is just like, is it so hard to believe that it was me? Like, come on. So here is where... I was at the house Yeah, here's where... Well, first of all, I was shocked that she had returned the Soulcaster. Because I thought that... If you guys remember, some of my guesses was that uh, Yasna knew it was a fake. Knew she had a fake. Which is why she hadn't been Soulcasting. Um, and this was like all a test or whatever, but it seems like Yasna really had no idea that the Soulcaster was gone. And I think that's got to be really embarrassing for her to have been so yep. outwitted by this basically child compared child. to Yasna, you know? Like, Shalon is literally half mm-hmm. her age. Shalon's 17, Yasna's 34. Yeah. But yeah, I like the opening volley of the interrogation is... is Yasna says, uh, you were wise to return the soul caster. It saved your life. I saved yeah. your life. Yeah. And and again, this is the other surprising thing is Shalon tells Yasna, like, my father's dead and everybody hates our family. And the reason I took this wasn't to gain, you know, wasn't to gain fame or fortune or you know, anything like that. It was to save my family because... We had to create something to keep, you know, I basically, I was my family's last hope. And Yasna's like, you did not think that through. Like, the whole wrath of Alethkar would basically have come down upon you. Like, you, she doesn't say this, but she really alludes to it. Like, you would have started a war. There, This was the most idiotic thing you could have ever done. And then in the middle of that, she's like, oh, by the way, your friend is dead. Just boom. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, Yaza, you're upset. There are other ways to, like, break the news. 
because uh, yep. she, and this is where uh, Yasna tells her is, like yeah the bread mm-hmm. was poisoned it was uh backbreaker powder very lethal was dusted over the bread to look like powder to look like flour i suspect the bread was similarly treated every time he visited his goal was to get me to eat a piece and Shalon's like but i ate a lot of that bread like are you sure <laughs> And then she explains, like, I yeah, the antidote was so in the eager. jam. So sorry, I keep talking over you. You go. It's all right. I'm I'm so excited that you're mm-hmm. excited over this. Uh, oh, oh, really fast, Shalon, really fast. So Yasna still thinks Shalon tried to kill herself. All of this thing happened because Shalon felt so guilty. That's what Yasna believes. And Shalon's like, "There's nothing I can do to change her mind." Like, I could argue this, but it's it's pretty much a moot point. A moot point at this point. Well, you will need to learn to live with your guilt, Yasna said. You might not have escaped with my Fabriel, but you have thrown away a very promising career. This foolish scheme will stain your life for decades. No woman will take you as a ward now. You threw it away. She shook her head in distaste. I hate being wrong. And then Yasna just yeah. leaves. Doesn't even go back. And and that's the thing, because I think Shalon wasn't... She wasn't thinking of her future career, even though I think that's, if she could have had a choice, that's what she would have wanted to do, is to study and be academic. And there's no way she'll be able, like, here's the thing, I'm going to go off, I'm going to go off the trail for a minute. Um, I think her brothers are expecting her to come back with the soul caster and for her to just take up Mm -hmm. her regular place with what she'd been doing up until that point, which was being at home sitting in the library making no noise and pretending I don't exist and there's no way Shalon can go back to that life not when she's had a taste of this other way things could be but there's no real way that she can do that now because yeah no one's going to take her on no one will teach her at all and it's real sad mm-hmm. we're about to dive into Kaladin's chapter but I'm going to give you some news about part Okay. Four. Shalon's not in part No! Four. What? Meg! You're going to have to wait till part five to find out what happens next. But when are she and Dalinar and Adolin going to be in the same room? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe no. never. Uh, but would you like to hear who the point of view's characters are for yes. part four? Yes, I would. Nice. Dalinar. Nice. Paladin. Nice. Nice. (laughs) I am so interested to get inside her head. I do not understand this woman. But like, knowing that she is the mother of um, Elokar and Yasna. And like, Uh I want to find out. Because we don't really know much about Gavilar. We've heard stuff written about him. But I want to know which of her kids take after her. And I'm just very interested because maybe I guess this, maybe I didn't. I think she's come back to get her claws into the throne a little more and to get more power. So you're thinking she's like Empress Dowager from... I do, exactly. exactly. I was was like, remember how we were talking about the show where like all the women try to like, you know, (laughs) anyways. So yeah. Y'all watch Ruby's Royal Love Inside. But you have to stop at a certain episode. If you want happiness, (laughs) if you like your endings a little less 
perfect. You could watch to the end, but anyway, no. Spoilers. Here we go. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to leave Shalon crying alone in her room, and we won't see her again for a while. Sorry, mm-hmm. Shalon. Um, Emily, since we won't see her again for okay. a while, what are your immediate guesses for what comes next for uh, Because, like you said, her brothers are expecting her to come back with the Yeah, but she missed her boat, so I don't know how she's going to get back home. Uh, she's in jail right now. Do you think they would let her leave? <laughs> I guess <laughs> Maybe she ties her bed sheets together and climbs out the window. So, (laughs) Um, okay, okay, guesses, 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 guesses for Shalon. Um, Here's what I want, but I don't think this is what I'm going to get. mm -hmm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I, someone needs to find out about the creatures that she can see. And then Mm -hmm. Yasna is going to feel forced that she has to work with Shalon. And it's going to be real awkward because of what Shalon tried to do. Like, eventually, eventually this weird stuff is going to come out. And, like, I think Yasna is going to be mm-hmm. too curious to let it go. And you- I think that she's going to be... Impressed is not the right word, but she's going to be intrigued that Shalon kept all of this from her. Like, all this was happening under Yasna's mm-hmm. nose. And I think it's going to shake mm-hmm. Yasna's faith in herself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So, uh, you'd say Yasna would be intrigued by these creatures. Do you think they have a connection to Yasna's current research into the Voidbringers? <sighs> Listen, this is also going to sound stupid. Are you ready? Hey, there are no stupid guesses. Um, because they first show up in the Palinaeum, and so I'm not saying they're Palinaeum Sprint, okay, guys? I am not saying that. But I uh-huh. am saying that they were in the Palinaeum where a lot of learning and knowledge takes place. And so I don't know if they are there all the time, if that's where they live and like people came and moved in and just didn't realize these creatures lived here. Or if they're like Uh aliens that are like coming to like observe the people of Uh Roshar. Not aliens. I'm also not saying aliens. There's aliens. Those freaking aliens. I knew they'd do this. Tune in next time for our Roswell Wave crossover <laughs> episode. Meg shows uh, up and <laughs> okay, so you say you say the word aliens and people think you know little gray men, but you know extraterrestrial, yeah. non-native to yes, Roshar. Yes, that's that's what I mean. So because apparently people and can world hop, so maybe they are from another world. Maybe. All right. Uh, I think that was a very well reasoned guess. Thank you. Not stupid Thank at all. Thank you. Well, I'm just saying you make fun of me a lot. I do. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do that. But last. I also guess that Syl was a Kaladin sprint, so I kind of deserve a little bit of uh, ridicule. Your Syl guesses, to my remembrance, are Syl is a Kaladin sprint. Syl is the ghost of Dalinar's wife. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. And <laughs> you did something. There was one more Syl guess. I can't remember, but yeah. We'll have to go back and listen to it now that it's going to be posted where we can go back and re-listen to it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited to finally start shooting episodes. Uh, 
And then something bad happens to Callie on okay podcast. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so this is the day after, um, maybe even the night. I think it might still be like the uh, same day, sort of a thing. The same day, yeah, where uh, Kaladin has saved Lord Amaram's life by killing the Shardbearer. Amaram's honor guard fled. Kaladin showed up, killed the Shardbearer. Kaladin's men, like, were there to see. and The ones that survived to... the Shardbearer's attack. Yeah. And the four out of 26. He's only got four survivors. Yeah. And he's thinking about, okay, this will mean I'll get to move to the Shattered Plains. Like, it's time for real honorable fighting with honorable men. And he's he's thinking about the implications that so few dark-eyed uh, soldiers have won shards that like every single one who did is legendary, and he's he's thinking about passing up, uh, passing up the the honor. No, he he he's thinking about the implications. He's already passed mm-hmm. up the honor, um, but he gets to talk to Amaram and Emily. I want to. Uh, touch on what Amaram is saying as he and his storm warden walk into the room. Okay. I'll, I'll read it to you. Why Thyatikar would risk this, Amaram was saying, speaking in a soft voice. But who else would it be? The ghost bloods grow more bold. We'll need to find out who he was. Do we know anything about him? He was Vaden, bright lord, the storm warden said. Nobody I recognize, but I will investigate. Emily. Vaden is not the religion. It's a it's a, it's a country. Okay. Uh, there uh, is a character from Vadenar. She just missed the boat <gasps> going back. Okay, I was going to guess that, but then I was like, no, she's from Yakaved, but nope, that makes sense. So, okay, I got it. Interesting. Interesting. And so this is, um, this is six years is ago or like five Vaydenar. years ago? Uh, no, at this point, this would be like 18 months okay. ago. Okay. So would it be while Shalon was trying to find Yasna? Like, is Shalon on a boat somewhere trying to track her down? I'm on a boat. Let's see. So we have since <gasps> chapter. This is us doing because... the math again. So since chapters five years, and then Sen falls, and then the next time we see, sorry, no. Uh, since chapter was five years. Guys, later. I forgot. I and think then... Shalon has a shard blade. And it's like her greatest tragedy or or something like that. I don't think it's connected to this, but I just remembered that. That's what my gasp was. Okay. Oh, um, yes, it's got to find out that she has a shard blade. There's going to be an assassination attempt. <laughs> and Shalot's going to pull the shard blade out of nowhere, which is where they live. Uh, nowhere. <laughs> put a pin in that. We'll talk about we'll talk about what you think okay. that in a second. So this is eight months ago. This is eight okay. months ago. Um, well, sorry, the start of the book was eight months after this. So yes, this would have been while Shalon was on a boat searching okay. around. Um, before we jump to your theory that Shalon has a shard blade, uh, do you know where you've heard the name Thyatikar? Is he one of the princes? The honor princes? He is not a oh. prince. What is he? Uh, Wait, is well, he the is you know, he maybe. the the merchant guy that we met in Shinovar? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't know why I thought no. that. He is not the. He's not a merchant. He is mentioned by name in the prologue. Oh, 
<gasps> is Amaram right. one of the 12 or 10 or 8 or whoever? Here we go. Here's if he ends heard. up being an immortal being, I'm going to be angry because they're supposed to be better than that. All right. Also, uh, so this what's is a when... ghost blood? <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here, Emily. You've spun Ahem. me out. <laughs> the king coughed. You can tell. I had a car. <gasps> oh! But we still don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't know who that is, Seth said. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, we don't know who he is. We just know, well, you just know, I know, you just know that he is connected to something called the ghost blood. Okay. Hey, Emily, what's a ghost blood? I am going to guess that a ghost blood is someone who can literally, like, appear and reappear, like, smoke and so when you stab them smoke comes out that's my that's my All guess right. uh can you just write the word ghost blood yes in i can notes? thank you uh emily why do you think shallan has a shark um blood? i think it was an accident i no 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 why do you think she, why do you think she even oh um because when she is running from the creature and she makes it to her bedroom she like holds out her hand or something and she starts counting her heartbeats and then is like no i promise i wouldn't do that i'm trying to find the pages so we can we can read this because um you this was something that you thought about during the last chapter yeah. but we just we ended up uh skimming over it because i also think that somehow Yasna's yeah Yasna's gotta find that out and just be like okay there's way more to this girl than meets the eye she she stole my soul caster she sees invisible creatures that shouldn't exist and she has a shard blade like I'm gonna read the the paragraph that you were referencing so this is in chapter 45 shades mart we had a lot to talk about that chapter and we didn't touch on this um Before she could consciously think of what she was doing, she was struggling with her sleeve trying to get the soul caster out. It was the only thing she had resembling a weapon. No, that was stupid. She didn't know how to use it. She was helpless. Except. Storms, she thought, frantic. I can't use that. I promised myself. She began the process anyway. Ten heartbeats to bring forth the fruit of her sin, the proceeds of her most horrific act. She was interrupted midway through by a voice, uncanny yet distinct. What are you? Yeah. So you think it's a shard blade? What else is it supposed to be, Megan? I don't know. Do you, like a mace? Maybe like she's got a, like a crossbow, maybe she has a small a handheld crossbow. <laughs> maybe she has a secret wife. <laughs> that Brandon forgot to tell me about. <laughs> so rude. All right. Anyways, I think she has a shard blade. Your instincts are good. I'm sorry I'm gaslighting you. This is a very good guess <laughs> with the information that you have. <laughs> so speaking of shard blades, Kaladin, Kaladin gave his up. And, you know, like Amaram comes back and is like, oh, who did this? And and here's the thing, guys, people, uh-huh. where, he, where he's like, Amaram's like, well, you did a brave thing today, soldier. And Kaladin's like why what do you say to that and he's thinking i wish i'd left you to die like kaladin 
is not here for Amaram. Like, he is there serving him because he, Kaladin believes him, himself, Kaladin, to be honorable, I feel. But Amram is just another stupid, petty, well, he light believes- eyes. Well, he has a pretty high opinion of Amram at this point. I know Kaladin remember, does. I don't before. have one. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying no, Kaladin. No, it, it might have come across that, but yeah. I, I, Kaladin, I, I, yeah, Kaladin is, is okay with this guy, but like... No, ever since Amram, like, the whole scene in the village where signing Tien up for the army clearly was a personal move by that, you know, city's mayor dude. And Amram's like, whatever. Mm -mm, Nope. No. Absolutely. No. No. And, in fact, uh, Kaladin brings that back up. Saying like, oh yeah, you know me. I'm from uh from Hearthstone, remember? Amaram frowned, looking confused. Your cousin, Rashon, is city lord there. He sent my brother into the army when you came recruiting. I I joined with my brother. Ah, Amaram said. I believe I remember you. He didn't yeah, ask like, after Tien. Nope. I don't nope. think he remembers. I don't like this dude. And by the end of this chapter, you really don't like this dude. Because he, he asks Kaladin a few more times, like, what happened? Why did you reject is it? it? Is and, it like, uh, like, how do you claim a shard blade? I mean, he killed him. Obviously, it's his. Is it just the first person that touches it? Does it, like, truly belong to Kaladin and the sword is just bidding its time? Like, uh, uh, that is something we will find out okay, more okay. about in the second This particular book. shard blade or, like, shard blades a- in par- in general? Just okay. shard, the rules for shard blades in general. Uh, there is a process to claiming a shard blade, and it's not, it's not finders keepers. If you touch it, it bonds to you like a baby duck. Oh, there's cute. there's stuff that happens. <laughs> no, it's not like that. I just told you. Um, okay, guys, we're also going to skim over this part. Samaram shows his true colors again, and it's like, yeah. Emily, can you tell us in you plain language what Amaram does? You want me to tell you in sign language? Plain no, language. plain language. <laughs> I was like, that's not going to make for good podcasting, Megan. Sign language, while beautiful, yeah, uh, is, no. is not very useful for podcasting. Now, if we were doing a video cast. Yep. Um, so Amram's just what like happens? asking over and over and over, why didn't you take it? And Kaladin's like, I don't know. And Amram's pretty much like, well, that's not a really good reason. And the honor guard which is now back after having run away i would listen i would have expected those guys to have been executed i just they left their post and that's like their whole thing is they're supposed to protect amram anyways they come in and they kill the rest of kaladin's squad so the four that were left over have now been killed and kaladin can do nothing about it because he's just being forced to watch this oh it's so it's so just heart-rending you guys it's just not it is not great because like anyways we're we're skipping over it because it goes on in detail about what happens but i'm not mm -hmm. anyways yeah jenny this is you gotta read it so anyways Um, um amram's like well if you don't want it i'm gonna take it and basically i think what's happening is amram doesn't want it to get out that he didn't win these for himself and he's basically taking out all the witnesses one by one and is um and this is where kaladin gets the brand the the sasnan what is it 
Yeah, the first. Sasnan. Yeah, Sasnan. Uh, his first brand. So these are these are two brands that say basically when mm-hmm. and where he became um, a slave. Yeah. And he'll get the Shash and, brand much later. Yeah, because Amaram is giving all of these reasons of like, well, this is why it has to be this way. He's just like, if if word gets around camp that you had killed it, but I kept the blades, no one's going to believe that you gave them up because only a fool would give them up. Like, I'm doing this. He's doing this basically to protect his own skin and to... Oh, go ahead. And he he also says, oh, you would have changed oh, your yeah. in a few days yeah. anyway. Um, like, and so, yeah. and so Kaladin's just like, so this is all an act. The the bright lord who cares for all of his men, is that a lie? And Amram says, uh, this is for my men. You can't begin to understand the weights I carry, spearmen. Like, he doesn't even know Kaladin's name, I don't think. I mean, he might, but um, Amram's voice lost some of its calm tone of reason. He sounded defensive. I can't worry about the lives of a few dark-eyed spearmen when thousands of people may be saved by my decision. Like, he's basically just telling himself this very nice, neat story of why he has to do this terrible thing in order to get the thing he wants, because he doesn't really want to do it, but it's for the good of the people. Like, no, stop it. Don't give me that. That's what I got. Anyways, I was I was very upset, but I'm pretty it's sure I called this that this was coming. <laughs> pretty sure. Okay. I, so I here's my guess for the future. Uh MRM didn't kill his honor guards uh-huh. and they were privy to the whole thing. And pretty sure that if Amram is going to betray you know, his it's because he didn't have he didn't have respect for the people who listen okay stop i'm trying to go back and make this sound all nice and neat and i'm sorry my brain is just super fried but it's like the 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 soldiers that go across the bridge and make fun of the bridgemen like the bridgemen are literally the only reason you guys can get from place to place to place um amaram doesn't care for the little people in the army even though basically they make up his army and without them you know he's gonna be fodder himself um so that is going to be Amram's downfall, is uh, not not caring for the little guy. That just sounds so trite. But my guess is uh, the story is going to get out and Kaladin is going to be, he's going to have his story backed up that when it, when it comes out, this is what happened. And the honor guard, I think someone's going to come out and say, I was there, that really happened. And that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what? it's awful. Just the whole yeah. the whole thing is awful. So Jenny, read it. It's awful. Read it. Jenny, <laughs> this is going to be a bit now. <laughs> Don't ever tell us if you've read it, Jenny. We're just going to tell uh, so you to read that, it from now on. That brings us to the end of part three. Kaladin has a bad day. Um, that's how it ends. That's that's just yeah. Kaladin. Yes. Kaladin yes. had a bad day. But um, and so next week we are going to cover <laughs> the interludes. Uh, that means Seth. Who is a Shinovar? Inian. And then. Oh, oh no, because I, I stumbled over, across I my words. You. He's a Shinovarian, I guess. I don't know. Shin. Got it. He's Shin. So, like, uh, uh, Shalon is from Yakaved, and she's Vedin. That makes no sense, but go on. Well, uh, Yakaved? Uh, I guess Vedian. It's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. But then that's you'd, it. That's you'd call us. 
Um, Canadians. So- no, Americans. Canadians? Take the last three letters. Oh. <laughs> According to Brandon Sanderson, we're Canadians. We're we be, uh, Candons. Candons. Well, listen, Aleth, people from Aleth Car or the Alethi, uh, it, the Alethi, it depends on your language because um, in the very beginning when uh, Yasna is introducing herself, sorry, when, <laughs> Shal- <laughs> when Shalon is introducing herself to Yasna, um, she says, oh, I speak your native Aleth Car mm-hmm. as you can see. So Shalon actually it, grew up speaking it. a different language. So it's it's possible that the uh, just the rules of how language works is the reason why. And now Emily, uh, we're moving on to part four, which is called okay. Storm's Illumination. Do you remember dying? Part- uh huh. Now I'm gonna read you the titles for parts okay. one through four. Above silence, the illuminating storms, dying. Is it like Storms a form of poetry? Like not a haiku, but that's like what happened to Kaladin. I think he died. Yes. I think when he died, he met the storm father. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh we'll have to see, but uh I would I would like you to keep this in mind okay. because when we get to part five, I'll do this again. But everyone, thank you so much for listening to our podcast once again. Now that our art is done, we may actually start posting <laughs> Uh Remind me real quick. We're reading the interludes in which other chapters? We're reading the interludes and then uh, chapter 52, A Highway to the Sun. And that's it. Okay. So we're, And that's it. Because uh, Highway to the Sun is pretty long. We're, we're catching up with... Uh, What's been up with Dalinar and Adolin? Oh, yeah, Emily. Do you remember what he was up with Dalinar? He quit at the, end of the war and was going to go back to the city. And Navani was not happy. Yeah. So. She's going to try and. Uh, <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. I wanted to tell you this before I forgot. Uh, I asked you to put it in your notes, but then I think I forgot. Uh, Brandon has said before uh, he has a oh, certain celebrity. Yes. Who is it? Dalinar. You wanted to guess. Um, who was it? Okay, who, I who don't know guess? his name. But he is in several movies. <laughs> Many actors are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I meant like, like, like movie, not like a TV show. I meant like cinema. But he was in I Am Number 4. Uh-huh. And he's like the guardian dude. And then he was also in like not the accidental husband but he's in some really cute netflix movie i don't know his name i'm okay i'm i'm gonna say no i don't know who you're okay. talking about but i Let don't think it's the same guy no i'm gonna find my person's Are you ready? name first um and then you tell okay. me i don't think my person's old enough that's the problem though um hold on oh no my computer's falling i have everything balanced very precariously because i'm in uh, a place that is not my office <laughs> and I'm just like making room for everything okay it is come on uh Timothy Oliphant no okay who is it sorry <laughs> Dave Batista. <gasps> oh I like that oh I like that I could, I could totally, I could totally get into that for sure. 
All right, we're going to head out now so I can read Emily uh, some more chapters. Uh, we love you all very much. Make sure you can find us on Twitter at SisMadeMeViewIt and Instagram. Uh, Instagram. And uh, I love you all very much. Got to get back to storyboarding. Bye. I believe in you. Wait, what are you going to get back to? Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to go to bed. That's what oh, I'm nice. doing. Solid. All right. Uh, I love you very much and I believe in you. Bye. <laughs>